Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. And you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to his word proclaimed. God, we know that your love stretches through the heavens. And your faithfulness reaches through the skies. Lord, we thank you for those reminders this morning. We thank you for community. We thank you for fellowship. But most importantly, God, we thank you for your son who loves us so that we may love others. So God, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, we are in week three of our stewardship uh, campaign. And if you, last week we passed out our missions and ministries of 2016. This gives you a picture of what it is that we have done as a church over the past year. It also gives us a good picture of what our budget will be for next year as we continue, as we plan on being a part of this community, making a difference, as I always say, because Christ has made a difference for us. Inside of this report, there are two cards. One is a financial commitment card, and one is a service commitment card. Next Sunday, we'll be turning these cards in uh, to show our commitment to Christ and to Christ's church. Uh, after the sermon, we will have a moment where the praise team will, will sing a song, and we'll have a basket up by the altar for you to come and place your commitments to God for 2017. I'm excited about this. It's been a while since First United Methodist Church has done a, a commitment campaign with our tithes and offerings. I think it helps remind us, again, of the faithfulness of God and then our call to be faithful to what God has so given us. That's what stewardship is, is about. We talked about that last week, that stewardship is all about being faithful. Faithful to the money that we receive through our jobs because it's not our money. It, it's God's money. This building is not our building. This is God's building. The community outside isn't our community. But it's, it's God's community, and we are blessed to be a part of sharing God's love with all of those things around us. So I thought I would start off this morning by telling you my stewardship story. You know, I was raised, born and baptized in the church, and mom and dad did a, a great job of teaching me what it meant to be a steward of my resources, you know, I remember uh, after I got my first paycheck, sitting down with mom and dad, and they would look at the amount of money that I brought home, and they would say, okay, now you need to take 10% of that, and you need to put it in the church, 
And I started to get a little nervous. And then they said, well, then you need to take another 10% and you need to put that in your savings account. And that other 80%, that is yours. So while I was in high school, I did a pretty good job of, of keeping up with that commitment, mainly because I had my dad, who was an accountant, looking over my shoulder, making sure that I did it. <laughs> but then college came, and I moved away. And then something miraculous in my life happened. Maybe this happened to you, too. You get this little piece of mail in your dorm room or in your fraternity house or sorority house, and it says that we can give you a whole bunch of money, and all you have is just this little piece of plastic. Well, I thought that was great <laughs> because I wanted a brand-new stereo. I, my, my little Walkman wasn't doing it for me in college. I needed to have those big speakers and everything. So I filled out the form and got approved and realized that I had $5,000 at my disposal, which was awesome as a college kid. <laughs> so I got the stereo, and I got other things too. And then here comes another piece of plastic and another piece of plastic. And then I realized, well, you know, I can get more money through school if I just maxed out my student loans, and I can have a whole bunch of money. And the cycle continued over and over again. But I still continued to go to church, and I was very faithful in my attendance, but guess what wasn't faithful anymore? My tithe, my giving to the church, because I didn't have enough money to pay my tithe because I had all of these other bills that I had to take care of. Then I found out something called a payday loan. Yeah. If you've been involved with those, those are horrible. You know, where you can pay yourself in advance, but then the debt that comes with that was more and more. And the next thing I know, I'm filing bankruptcy. And I realize that I have just let my financial house just go under. But I had a calling in my life to go to seminary. So I moved from Kansas down to Texas and got a job at a church down at the Central Texas Conference and became a choir and youth director there. And I remember having a meeting with my pastor. He sat me down in the office and said, Chris, I know that you're, you're very good at what you do, but one of the things that you're not doing is that you're not tithing. And if you're going to be a part of my staff, you need to give 10% and you need to make sure you give to our capital campaign. Like, nah. <laughs> I'm not going to let this pastor tell me what to do with my money because it's between me and God. And then I received, got another job up in Gainesville, Texas. And when I was youth director there, the pastor let me become a part of the stewardship campaign. I remember this campaign because we based it all on the book of 1 Timothy, a passage where it talks about fanning into flame the gifts that God has given us. And as we were working through the stewardship campaign, he showed me a pledge card of one of our, our faithful widows in the church. Now, this widow had 
little to nothing. Matter of fact, as a church, we would go over and help her with, with her lawn care, and we would paint her home, and we made sure that she had what she needed. But whenever I looked at her pledge card, I saw that she was giving a tithe. Her, her, her meekly wages that she had, she was faithful in returning a tenth of what she received through, through Social Security, through, through whatever. She made sure that she was returning that to God. And from that moment on, I became a tither. Because I thought to myself, if she, who's making a whole lot less than I was as a seminary student, is able to give 10%, then I can give a 10% as well. See, in my mind, I thought that if I gave 10% of my income, I wouldn't have enough to make it through the day. But in all actuality, what I found out is that because I give my tithe, even though times are tight, you know, things, things may be a little rough, that I have enough, and I am blessed by all that God has given me. Maybe that story is your story. Maybe you have come into that situation where you realize that if I give to the church, I won't have enough for fill in the blank. Saving is an interesting topic, isn't it? We want to hold on to what we have tightly. You know, sometimes you have that picture of, of holding on to money where you may see the image where somebody's holding on is just really tight like this. Probably have that picture. Yeah. How many of you know this, this, this saying right up here? He who dies with the most toys wins. I had a poster in my room with this. It had those, those fancy cars, about five-car garage, all of the stuff and trappings. But we know the real answer to the story, don't we? He who dies with the most toys still dies. And you can't take it with you. You can't take it with you. Jesus told a parable about this, didn't he? In, in Luke chapter 12, Jesus shares the dangers of, of greeting and hoarding. He says, watch out. Guard yourself against all kinds of greed. After all, one's life isn't determined by one's possessions. Even when someone is very wealthy. And Jesus told him this parable. A certain rich man's land produced a bountiful crop. He said to himself, what will I do? I have no place to store my harvest. And then he thought, here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. That's where I'll store all my grains and goods. I'll say to myself, you have stored up plenty of goods, enough for several years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, fool tonight. You will die. Now who will get these things you have prepared for yourself? This is the way it will be for those who hoard things for themselves and who aren't rich towards God. See, I was worried about that for myself. After I realized that I was just trying to accumulate all of this stuff 
and I realized, what good is this? What good is it to have all of this stuff if I can't truly help those in need? Our scripture for this morning also talks about being generous. Our scripture is from Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Hear the word of the Lord. The author writes, your way of life should be free from the love of money. And you should be content with what you have. After all, he has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. This is what we can confidently say. The Lord is my helper, and I won't be afraid. What can people do to me? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This 13th chapter of Hebrews gives us an image of of generosity. First, we hear at the beginning of the chapter an encouragement to take care of each other. That's what the church should be about, is taking care of one another. Second, we hear about a call to take care of those who are sick and to visit those in prison. To me, that kind of sounds familiar about something that Jesus talked about in the Gospel of Matthew, doesn't it? Where he talks about how we should visit those who are sick and in prison, to take care of those who have no clothes, to feed those who are hungry. The Hebrews is just passing on those words of what we are called to do. Then the book of Hebrews continues to talk about a word of marriage. Not only marriage, but he echoes the need for faithfulness. And while we have faithfulness in marriage, we should also have faithfulness in our relationship with God. And then finally, in the section where there's a reminder in verse 8 that reminds us that Jesus, the Messiah, is the same yesterday today, and forever. So what does that all have to do with stewardship? I think if we understand and we realize that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then that helps us put into proper mind, put into a proper relationship of how we handle our possessions. See, if we have a faith firmly rooted in Christ, none of the things in the world can tear us from that. See, everything has a unique and distinct place in God's kingdom. Now, we can enjoy them. God gives us these things so that we can fully enjoy life. But we must be sure that we don't let these things rule over us. Maybe that's why money is one of the most talked about subjects in Scripture. Did you know that? Sometimes the church likes to just kind of glance over that fact. But if you look throughout all of Scriptures, we have a lot of teachings about money. There are 38 recorded parables that Jesus taught. 16 of those 38 parables were concerned about how to handle money, and possessions. In the Gospels, 
an amazing one out of 10 verses, 288 verses, all deal directly with the subject of money. And if you broaden the horizon to the entire Bible, there are, are 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but there are over 2,000 verses on money and possessions. I think there's those many verses because, to be honest, that's something that I struggle with. I struggle with money because I feel like I need more and I want more. So what does this have to do with this title of the sermon is Save All You Can. John Wesley preached this part of his sermon and he gave a great example of what it means to save all that you can. When John Wesley started to earn 30 pounds in England, he lived on 28, and he gave two pounds away. Now, if you do the math, that's less than a tithe. But as he continued in his ministry, and when he started to earn 60 pounds, he lived on 28, and he gave 32 away. And when he earned 120 pounds, he lived on, you guessed it, 28 pounds. And then he gave the other 92 away. I hope to be able to do that in my life. I hope to be able to get to the point where I can just live on what I'm living on right now and just give everything else away. Because it's just money. It's just possessions. But the opportunity to share the life-changing message of Jesus Christ is priceless. See, it's so easy to let money control what we do. But when we talk about stewardship, we need to use the gifts that God has given us to teach everyone who is in this room, to be in ministry with the poor, to take care of those who are sick, and to educate the next generation. My name is Kira, and what I like about church is um, learning more about God each and every day. Hi, my name is Teddy, and what I like about church is the congregational service because your music is really uplifting. Hi, my name is Katie, and my favorite thing about church is singing hymns. Hi, my name is James, and one thing that I like about church is that I never have to feel insecure about myself, and I can always be open to everyone around me. Hi, my name is Ellie, and what I like about church is getting to see my church those around us. We impact our children as we shared last week. We impact our youth. 
as we see in the video. We impact the lives around us. I'm excited for next week. I'm excited to see God respond in our lives through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. So as, as you take time to pray over your giving cards or your service cards, I give you these words from, from Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring the whole tenth part to the storage house, so there might be food in my house. Please test me in this, says the Lord of heavenly forces. See whether I do not open all the windows of the heavens for you and empty out a blessing until there is enough. My friends, God has a blessing for us. Now, had a friend who was concerned about this verse because a lot of prosperity gospel people use this to say that, well, I can just give whatever I want and God will bless me. That's not what this passage says. This passage is talking about a tithe. And the blessing may not be just something personal that you receive but the blessing is, is what you see. When you look in the eyes of our children, when you look in the eyes of our youth, when you look and see the work that God is doing in our church and in our community, that is the blessings that we receive when we give. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us many blessings. Just looking around this room, and I am just touched by the blessings of this congregation. But Lord, as we spend time in prayer, thinking about how we can be faithful to the call that you have placed in our lives, thinking about how we can respond, whether it be building up on a way to a tithe or being able to give a tithe now, we know that you will bless and use the gifts that we have so that more people can come to know the life-changing message of Jesus Christ in their lives. So God, be with us this week as we love, as you have called us to love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.